Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ayo, and I had a, an incredible experience last week. You guys know I'm in Tulum. I'm in, in Tulum, and I'm actually going to be in Tulum for another month. I'm going to be here until the end of July. So you guys listen to this podcast, probably either June 30th, right? Because that's the release date, or it's sometime in July. So I have a few more weeks in Tulum, and one of my early, early teachers, one of my teachers from Almost, I would say, the earliest points, the earliest point of my own consciousness expansion, of my own spiritual journey, is a man named Dr. Joe Dispenza. Maybe you guys have heard of him. He's written a few books, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself or Becoming Supernatural. I met him actually back in 2004. I was living in Portland, and there was a documentary filmed there called What the Bleep Do We Know? And maybe you guys have heard of it, maybe you haven't, but if you haven't, and you want to watch it, it is free. You can find it. Just type it in. What the bleep do we know? And that bleep is, you know, it's that funny thing, right? It's like, what the hell do we know? It's actually, what the F do we know, right? But they put the bleep in there because they don't want to put the F word on there. And you can just type it right into the Google machine, and I think it'll come up on YouTube as a free movie. It's a documentary. You can watch it. It's a couple hours long. And and Dr. Joe Dispenza is on there. And this was, of course, 20 years ago. It's back in 2004. And that's when I first encountered him as a as a teacher, and he was a chiropractor back then. And, you know, there were many, many, many mystics, many, many spiritual academics on this documentary that were talking about energy. They were talking about consciousness. They were talking about how consciousness moves energy and how energy moves matter. And, you know, it really was the first time that I had had a direct relationship with that kind of teaching, my first direct experience with that kind of teaching. Because before that, it was all, it wasn't academic. It wasn't a teaching. It was just a direct experience, you know, and it was my direct experience with my life, with my own, I guess we call it suffering. You know, you guys know, you guys know about my childhood. You guys know about my military experience. So there was a lot of trauma, a lot of violence in my earlier life. And so I had a lot of direct experience with the unknown, right? With energy, with the realm of the invisible. And it all came through fear. It all came through this like separation, this separation of mind and body because of the abusive and violent scenarios and circumstances that I was going through at the time. But later on, when I left the military and sort of came back into civilization, it was wild because what the bleep do we know was one of the first things that I saw coming out of that experience, coming out of that point, that time in my life. And, and of course, Dr. Dispenza was on there as many, many, many others as well. There are lots of mystics and academics, scientists and spiritualists on this documentary. I highly recommend it. But I, I met him back then and I've been following him ever since. I've, I've read his books and watched his evolution and he's become this, this researcher, this scientist. He's been experimenting with how consciousness moves energy to create matter. And it was so validating to be at this seminar. I did the seven-day advanced retreat with Dr. Dispenza here in Playa del Carmen, just about 20 minutes north of Tulum. And it was so val I got to tell you, brothers, it was so validating to hear 
what this man is doing in this field because he is proving, scientifically proving everything I talk about on this podcast. Everything I do in my life, everything I teach my students, everything my students do in their lives. Dr. Dispenza is out there showing evidence. He's creating proof. He's doing the research and the experiments to prove everything you guys hear me talk about on this podcast, which is essentially that thoughts create things, which is essentially that energy, the energy of consciousness moves, it manifests matter into form. It's so validating because, of course, I have my own direct experience and my students have their experiences, but to see that there is more and more, like there's scientists out there measuring, observing, and, and even more powerfully repeating, repeating this phenomena over and over again in a very clinical and uh, controlled environment. It's wild. I mean, the things that he's doing in this realm of consciousness, it's just amazing. I think it's absolutely amazing because it's proving, it's scientifically proving what spiritualists and mystics have been saying for millennia, for thousands and thousands of years. It's beautiful. It's highly motivating. Some of the stories I could tell you, well, they probably eat up this entire podcast episode, but I'll tell you very quickly one of the stories because I really want to get into this content, but one of the stories was that there was a woman who had cancer on her thyroid. She had a thyroid cancer and the doctors went in, the surgeons went in, they actually had to cut out her thyroid to remove the cancer, to make sure that all the cancer cells had come out of, you know, were out of her body. They cut out her thyroid and then they started her on a medication program to regulate the hormones that the thyroid would normally be regulating because of course without a thyroid she needed that external, that synthetic hormonal regulation. And she started doing this mystical work, this conscious work, this spiritual work. She started doing these meditations. She started working with her inner energy. She started doing all the things that, you know, even things like models of alignment, even things like thought downloads, which, you know, in a framework that we talk about them on this podcast and in the academy, there's many, many ways, there's many different paths to the same destination. So all of these things that we do in the academy, you know, they can be done in variations, but essentially she started doing these things and eventually she started to get sick. And so she went into the doctors to find out why she was getting sick, what was going on, because, you know, she's feeling great, she's doing all these things, but all of a sudden she starts feeling sick. And what the doctors did is some tests and, and, and when they looked at the results of the tests, this is her words coming from third party, because this is Dr. Dispenza telling us in the seminar what her words were to him about what she witnessed in her doctor, which was basically that he lost all the color in his face. He turned white. All the blood dropped out of his face. He almost fell out of his chair because basically what he saw from this test was that she grew her thyroid back. Her thyroid was back. They cut it out. This is the same surgeon that cut her thyroid out to remove the cancer, and now she's back in his office with a thyroid. And this is not some kind of stem cell. It's not like she went into the doctor and had a stem cell procedure done where, you know, these stem cells were inserted and, and they started to grow a thyroid. This was pure meditation. This was done with just with consciousness. She grew her thyroid back. And brothers, if you don't understand what it is I'm saying, because it's a thyroid, because it's a gland, because it exists inside the body, then it would be no different than having an amputee, having somebody who lost their arm, had their arm cut off, and then one day growing it back like growing their arm back. All of a sudden, their arm is there again. Like that's what basically what happened. She was able to grow her thyroid back. And so, of course, the medication was making her sick because the thyroid was there and it was producing its own chemicals, it was producing its own hormone. And then on top of that, she had the thyroid medicine. So immediately, the doctor took her off medication and she's back to healthy, you know, 100% healthy, pre-cancer healthy. She's got her thyroid. It's non-cancerous. It's almost like her body's back to the state of health where it was before she had cancer. 
it was in a health, state of health, she got cancer, they cut her thyroid out, she did all these things, and then she grew it back, and she's back to that state. And that was all through consciousness. There were no pills, they didn't take any pills, they didn't do any surgeries, they did the surgeries to remove the thyroid, but they didn't do any surgeries to help it grow back. They didn't replant one, they didn't do stem cells, again, none of that. There wasn't anything in matter, there was no matter that brought this thyroid back for this individual. It was pure energy. It was pure consciousness. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's talk about change. Because that's what happened for this woman. Let's talk about manifestation. Because that's what happened for this woman. She manifested a new thyroid. A new thyroid. She changed herself. She changed her thoughts about herself. She changed the body. She changed the body, the four-layer bio-body suit that she's experiencing this third dimension through. She was able to change that machine through thought, through consciousness. And change and manifestation are the same thing because we manifest change consciously, right? When we want to change something in our lives, we want to change a behavior, we want to change an experience, we want to change a circumstance. Whenever we want to change something in our lives, we do it consciously. And we also manifest familiarity unconsciously. So we're still manifesting. We're always in a process of creation, brothers. We're always creating. We are reality-creating machines. We are creating reality on, from a moment-to-moment -moment basis. And when we're not changing, when we're staying the same, when we're in that state of rep repetitive familiarity, we're simply manifesting unconsciously. And when we're choosing change, when we are changing, when we're moving into our future, then we're doing that consciously. Because we are creators. That's what we are. We are creators. We were created by the creator to be creators. And our creations also create. Think about that. This is the fractal. This is the fractal of existence. The fractal of existence begins at that singularity, that point in space where the creator, the one, whatever you want to call it, the source, the God, the Allah, the, the all oneness, whatever it is for you, whatever word or terminology or thought or idea that, identi that you identify with, that's fine, but it is the one, right? The one, the oneness, the God, the creator of creation, right? That's the point. That's the singularity. And from there, there's this fractal, this fractal sort of order of change and spiraling out where the creator created its creations, which are us. And then we create our creations, which are, you know, doodads, right? Machines, computers and, and mechanisms and systems and governments, and then those things and institutions, and then those things create. The creations of our creations, the creations that we create, they begin to create because that's the fractal, that's the movement, that's always, because we create through the field of creation using consciousness to move energy into matter. And those things have energy that then they are creating. Not that they have consciousness, but we create creations that then create. And I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to bring it back to us because that's beside the point. And that's a little bit of a digression there. But basically, brothers, there are two ways to create, right? As you know, like we're always creating. We're always creating, consciously or unconsciously. Consciously, we're creating change. Unconsciously, we're creating sameness, familiarity. But in terms of how we create, there's a couple different ways. Like we can create by matter moving matter or with energy moving matter. And this is where we get to the title of the podcast. Because, brothers, matter moving matter is called trying. When we're trying to do something, we're taking our matter, we're taking our body, and we're trying to create something else. 
And when it's energy moving matter, that's called trusting. That's when we trust because we take an idea, we take a concept, we take a desire, we take a, a want, what, something that we have in our mind that we want to experience. And we connect that thought, we connect that vision to our heart. We connect that vision to our feelings. And that creates an electromagnetic field. That's the energy. That's energy that's put out into the quantum field, that's put out into the, into the neutrino field, the quantum field, the Akashic record, right? Whatever, <laughs> again, whatever terminology you resonate with because it's all the same thing. And it happens. And it happens through trust. And the reason why it happens through trust is because it's invisible and unknown. Because the science isn't out yet. Now again, the mystics, the spiritual teachers, have been telling us this for a millennia. Right? I mean, all the mystics have been saying this. It doesn't matter which mystic is your favorite. They're all saying the same thing. Muhammad, Jesus, Buddha, they're all saying the same thing. They're all saying it comes from within you. You are the creator. You are manifesting. You are able to do what I can do. You are able to do this too. But you have to trust. You have to believe in the unknown. You have to believe in the energy. Brothers, did you know that the things that we see, the physical matter... In the universe, in the entire universe, including this planet, this planet is a microcosm, the universe has a macrocosm, the physical matter, it takes up less than 1%. I mean, it's so much less than 1%. It's like 0.000000000001, right? It's like so many zeros. 1% of what is real, 1% of what is there, 1% of what actually exists. The matter is so small, the known the known takes up 0.000000001% of everything in the universe, right? What is known. And everything else is unknown because matter is just a small section of the totality of everything. Matter is energy in its lowest vibration, its most densest form. And that's why there's just very little of it. Of all the energy in the universe... Less than 1%. Again, zero, zero, zero. I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to do that for the third time, but so little of the energy in the universe actually is moving at a, such a slow vibrational state that it becomes matter. So little of it. And so to trust, to put all of your faith and trust into the known, into this 0.000000000001%, is basically to put your trust and faith in nothing. Nothing. Because it's a fraction of a percentage of a fraction of a percentage of a fraction of a percentage of what is. It's like, it's like to take a look at an elephant, at a giant pachyderm, and identify that elephant based on a, the hair on its toe. And say this hair, the hair that's on the toe of this elephant, is the elephant. This is all the elephant is, is this tiny little hair on the toe of the elephant. And we take that hair and we think that's the elephant. That's the thing. Because that's the only thing that we know it's the only thing that we have direct access to in terms of matter, in terms of this lowest vibration of energy. And so we have no idea what the real elephant is. The real elephant, the whole elephant is unknown to us. And we think that it's this little hair. And we think we go around telling everybody all across humanity, we talk about this elephant and we look at this little hair and we say, that's the elephant, it's this little hair. And we have no idea. We have no idea what the elephant is, but we think we know and we're so sure of it that we begin to condition ourselves over and over that this is the elephant. But it's not. It's the illusion, right? The matter is the illusion. It's so, and even the matter itself, you know that the matter is just atoms. Everything you see, brother, whether it's solid, liquid, or gas, right? Everything that you can see is just atoms reflecting light. That's all it is. Atoms reflecting light, whether it's flesh, right? Whether it's cellular flesh 
or whether it's molecular data like a table or a computer, it's just atoms reflecting light. That's all it is, but we think it's a thing. And we hold on to that thing so tightly because we want to know it. Because for the mind, because it makes the brain feel safe. <laughs> it makes you feel safe to know things. I have to know things to feel safe. And that's why trusting is trusting in the unknown. And that's why it's so difficult. That's why we'd so much rather try. We'd so much rather try and suffer than trust and be in bliss and be in safety and love. So matter moving matter is trying, and energy moving matter is trusting. And that's why matter moving matter is the beta way. That's the old way. That's the beta way, the old way. That's the unconscious way. And energy moving matter is the alpha way. It's the new way. It's the conscious way. So what do I mean when I say matter moving matter? Right? What do I mean when I say energy moving matter? <laughs> For that matter. Matter moving matter requires us to be deeply rooted in the low vibration. It requires us to be deeply connected to this third dimension. Because matter moving matter requires time, whether that's a minute, an hour, a day, a week, a year, or a decade. Matter moving matter requires time. And because it requires time, it requires separation. It requires movement, it requires doing and action. And because it requires doing action and movement, it requires effort. Because effort is our experience of movement, of doing. Matter moving matter is slow and ineffective. Slow and ineffective. And I'm going to give you some examples, brother. Here's matter moving matter. So an example of love. Let's talk about love. Let's say we want to experience love. We want to manifest love, right? We want to manifest a relationship, love and a connection. Matter moving matter. Again, follow me on this because this is what requires time, right? If we want to experience a relationship, a romantic relationship of love, what needs to happen, right? Well, maybe we download some dating apps. We download some dating apps, we set up a profile. That requires time. Certainly it requires doing, right? The separation. It requires the effort of all of that. We got to swipe right, we got to swipe left. We got to respond to the connections that we make on those dating apps. We got to go out on the dates, with those women, right? We got to go out and we got to meet all these women. We got to go and find these relationships. We got to go out all this doing. All of that requires time. Again, maybe it takes a minute. Maybe it takes a minute to download the app. But by the time we download the app, fill out the profile, swipe on the rights and lefts, we make the connections, we chat on the texting, and then we plan a date, go out on a date, make the connection. That could take weeks to months, right? So it requires that time. It's all based on the separation. It requires that effort. And that's how we find a relationship, matter, moving, matter. That's how we find love with matter, moving, matter. That's how we go out there and we find these connections when we're matter, moving, matter, when we're deeply rooted in that realm of the third dimension. What about money? Money's the same. Like if we want more money, how do we get more money when we're matter, moving, matter? Well, we sell a product or a service, right? We create a business. We serve. We serve somebody. We create something in the form of a product and we sell it. Well, that also requires time, Right? If I'm in the service industry, then what I'm doing is I'm serving, and that requires time. That's why people say time is money, because they're so deeply rooted in the third dimension, because they're so deeply in that beta condition, matter moving matter. Time is money, time is money, time is money. Money is time, money is time. Yeah, because you're disconnected from your consciousness, because you think that you're a body that's just going through actions, that's just going through time. That's matter moving matter. 
So you go and you create this business, you create this system, you create this idea, you create this product, you create this service, you do all this stuff, then you got to go out and market it, you got to advertise it, you got to go out there, find your customers, you got to find your clients, you got to go out there and you got to make all those connections. You got to do the service, you got to sell the product, which also requires time and effort. And that's matter moving matter. That's you going out there, that's you taking your body, moving it through space and time, moving it through all that effort in order to receive what it is that you're seeking. And knowledge, what about knowledge? Knowledge is the same, right? What do we want when we want knowledge? What do we do when we want knowledge? Oh, well, we gotta, we gotta read. We gotta watch documentaries. We gotta enroll in school. We gotta go to college. We gotta get our degrees, right? And you guys know that that takes time. It takes time to read a book. It takes time to watch a documentary. It takes time to get a degree. Because all of that is matter moving matter. It's all that external stuff. Now, now, what is energy moving matter? Now, you can see that that's slow and ineffective, right? You can see how slow that is because it takes time. It's very slow if you're going to want to find a connection of love through matter. Maybe you don't do the dating apps, right? Maybe you go to the bars, but it's still the same thing, right? You still got to move. It still takes time. You got to get up. You got to go to the bars, the nightclubs, the coffee shops. You still got to do that. That's the effort. That's the time. That's the separation. So it's slow. And it's highly ineffective as well. I'm going to come back to the ineffective. Energy moving matter, on the other hand, the alpha way is instantaneous. It's instantaneous and effective. I'm going to tell you guys a story about, I'm going to tell you guys a story of an experiment, but I'm going to compare these once again real quickly. So matter moving matter. Let's talk about the law enforcement. What do we think, what do we know about law enforcement? When it comes to law enforcement and matter moving matter, well, how do we want to reduce crime? This is our idea, right? If the matter that we want to change, if the change we want to make is to reduce the crime rate, there's two ways to do that. We can reduce that matter, that crime rate, by moving matter, or we can reduce that matter by moving energy, energy moving matter. Now, if we do have matter moving matter, that's what we're doing now in our current state of consciousness, in our current state of low vibrational consciousness. We want to reduce the crime rate, we hire more police officers, we create more prisons, we write more laws, we hire more judges, we get more juries, we build more courthouses, we do all of these things. You know, maybe we even create an educational system around helping people to prevent crime, or maybe we, on the back end, have a rehabilitation centers that we build up and we work with those recidivists, right? The reoffenders, we bring them into the rehab center, right? And all of that is so slow. It's so slow. How are we going to reduce the crime rate that way? How are we going to reduce the crime rate by hiring more police officers? Because the police officers got to go out there and they got to fight the crime, right? The detectives, they got to go out there and they got to figure out who done it, <laughs> right? Who committed this crime? We got to research. We got to investigate. We got to detect. It's so slow. We make, they make arrests and then they got to book them and then they got to put them in jail and then they got to go see a judge and they got to go see a jury and then they got to go to prison and then they go in prison and then they spend all that time in there to rehab or to serve their sentence and they're going through all that time and we're feeding them and housing them and everything, right? It's time and it's so ineffective. Do you think that more cops is going to lower the crime rate? Do you think that more prisons is going to lower the crime rate? Do you think that more juries, more judges is going to lower the crime rate? Do you think that more laws is going to lower the crime rate? Do you think that by writing a law that says you can't kill someone is going to reduce the amount of people that are murdering each other? Of course not. No. We know this because 
We write laws all the time that get broken. I mean, that's why we have more prisons. That's why we have police officers. There are laws that say don't hurt each other, right? I mean, that's the general thing. The general thing is love each other. That's what the general law is, love each other. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the general. We could just say love each other. <laughs> love each other as you love yourself. I mean, that's what we could say, right? But of course, that's not good enough. We have to go down. We have to be very specific. Like, don't steal your neighbor's car. That's Grand Theft Auto. Don't strike your neighbor's body. That's battery, right? So we have these very specific laws. But none of those laws make a difference because people still break them. And that's why we have these cops. That's why we have these judges. That's why we have these juries. So it's so ineffective. So ineffective. In 1993, 4,000 people gathered in Washington, D.C. in the summer. Summer of 1993. And at the time, in 1993, Washington, D.C. was the most violent city in the United States. The most violent city in the United States in 1993 was Washington, D.C. And 4,000 people decide to gather in Washington, D.C. to do a group meditation to lower the crime rate in Washington, D.C. And it was predicted that they would lower the crime rate by 25% through meditation because of the volume of people, because there were 4,000 people. And the chief of police came out and said, it's going to take two feet of snow in the summer to lower the crime rate by 25%. I mean, that's how deeply entrenched in matter, that's how deeply entrenched in the third dimension the chief of police was. He knew, he was like, no, 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 it's gonna take snow. <laughs> it's gonna take something in matter. It's gonna take something physical. Meditation ain't gonna do it. We need something to happen in Washington, D.C. for the crime rate to go down, like something physical, right? He's talking about basically a snowstorm in the middle of summer. So these 4,000 people showed up, and actually what happened was at the end of their meditation, at the end of the week-long meditation, the police department actually became a corroborator of the study because the crime rate actually lowered by 25% and stayed down. It stayed lower by 25%, and that was predictable, again, measurable, observable, repeatable, based on prior experiences that these meditators had done in smaller cities, in smaller areas of the world. And it was instantaneous, and it was effective, and that's energy-moving matter. Energy-moving matter is instantaneous and effective. The crime rate dropped by 25%. They didn't have to hire more judges. They didn't have to hire more cops. They didn't have to write more laws. They just brought people in to meditate on peace and love and harmony, and the crime rate dropped by 25%. And they knew that it would because of the research. They knew based on other experiments, similar experiments of meditation and prayer, they knew that it would lower the crime rate. It would lower the violent tendencies of the collective consciousness. And that is energy moving matter. It's instantaneous, brother. It happens immediately. And that's trust. That's trust. Because when you're trying, you're agreeing with the illusion. When you're out there trying, you're agreeing with the illusion. Your trying requires you to be in the illusion. It requires time and separation. So it takes time and separation. Because for you to try to do something, you're trying from the now to force something into the future. That's time. It is a low vibrational way to make a change, moving and creating low vibrational energy with low vibrational energy. Trusting is the shift in consciousness that we're experiencing at an accelerated rate all across humanity. It is what has been taught to us by the mystics. Again, I'm, this is water into wine. It's a miracle that this woman was able to regrow her thyroid. I was at the Joe Dispenza seminar this weekend and a man who had been living in a wheelchair for a decade, who hadn't stood up on his own for a decade after doing one of these healing meditations, one of these consciousness meditations, stood up out of his wheelchair and ran down the beach. Ran 
down the beach. That's water into wine. That is a demonstration of a miracle. That is instantaneous and effective. That is energy-moving matter. For a decade, matter-moving matter had been practiced on this individual. You know, he'd gone to doctors, gone to pharmaceuticals, he tried pills, he tried doctors, he tried surgeons, he tried all these things to get his legs to work. Doctors told him, there's no way, you're never going to walk again. Get used to the wheelchair, right? Matter-moving matter. Energy-moving matter, instantaneous. And every single human on the planet is endowed with this power because it is the quintessential nature of who we are. Pure consciousness, moving energy. So how? <laughs> At this point, if you're still in this podcast, you're probably asking, oh, how do I do it? I want this. Well, you have it. You already have it. You already are it. You are the consciousness. You are the consciousness that moves the energy. But how do we trust instead of try? By knowing and feeling into the future. And this is what we do in the academy, brothers. This is what I've been talking to you about for five years. We know and we feel our future selves. We know who we are and we become that through our emotion. Trying comes from the past. Think about this, trying. When we try to do something, it's because it's coming from the past. Trying is based on what we've been conditioned to do by others, by history. When you're trying to do something, when I want to try to get smarter, I've been conditioned that I need to go to college and get a degree. If I want more knowledge, my conditioning is, my history is, go to college, go to school, go to an academic, learn a bunch of information. My trying comes from the past. If I want a relationship, what have I been conditioned? What have I been told? I've been told that I have to get on a dating app. I have to go out to the bars. I have to approach a woman. I have to go talk to them. I have to you know, do all this effort, do all this work. And money, what, do I, what have I been conditioned to do to create wealth, to create well-being, right? Or not well-being, but wealth, like living, my standard of living. How, what do I have to do? I've been conditioned to believe, oh, I have to get a job. I have to get a job. I have to create a business, to go work for somebody or work for myself. This is conditioning. Trying comes from the past. Trusting is knowing and feeling into your infinite potential and endless possibility. It has nothing to do with your past, is deeply rooted in your present, and comes from living from your future. Now, brothers, we practice connecting to energy and feeling into our future selves in the academy all the time. It is a major part of the curriculum because it is the source of reality. Everything is energy. And when you're ready to unlock your inner mystic, when you're ready to unlock your inner healer, your inner connection to source, your inner power of creation, enroll in the academy and begin the transmutation from matter to energy. Begin to let go of your connection to matter and feel your way into your true self, your energetic body. Remember who you are and meet yourself with love and empowerment. We are waiting for you. Until next week, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.